Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. What is up, my friends? <laughs> Welcome to the first ever Abide podcast. My name is Laura Tungate. I will be your host for this podcast. I am a college resident at Coastal Community Church, and uh, I have got a really great group of people joining me for this very first episode. I got my Coco crew with me. Coco. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar with that term, um, it stands for Coastal College. We are um, part of the college ministry from Coastal Community Church. And so I got the college pastor, Chris Cummings, here, his beautiful wife and better half, Kristen Cummings. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> right off the bat, strike one. Should have never given you this role as host of this hey, podcast. Hey, I'm just being real, okay? <laughs> And then I got my fellow resident, Emma Halterman, with me. So I am going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. But I do want to put a disclaimer that everyone who joins me on my podcast has to answer the same question. And that question is, what is your favorite smell? Hmm. Chris? <laughs> yeah, well, my name is Chris Cummings. I'm the college pastor at Coastal Community Church. i uh, been at Coastal for the last five years. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, Full-time for three, part-time for two, something like that. Yeah, around there. But we love we love college students. It's the best. My beautiful wife is on this podcast with us. we got four foster kids. Um, we do. Our, house, our is, house is crazy. is absolutely insane. Um, favorite smell? I would probably, okay, I'd, like my default favorite smell would probably have to be like freshly cooked steak or like fajitas right coming. You know, okay. like, like when yeah, like you're sitting nice. at like... A Mexican restaurant, fajitas come right to your plate. And not only do you hear the sizzle, but you Mm. smell the sizzle at the same time. That's probably (laughs) my favorite. Smell the sizzle. (laughs) Smell the sizzle. (laughs) Smell the sizzle. Hashtag smell the sizzle. (laughs) Um, Well, hey, guys. My name is Kristen Cummings. Um, Yeah, I'm Chris's wife. So we have four foster kids. Our house is wild. Um, I'm also a pediatrician. Um, I was involved with youth ministry and young life for a while. Um, and then now that I'm working full time as a pediatrician, I just kind of help out with college and try to take care of our kids. And does a great job taking care of our kids. Oh, thank you. Yeah. They would not be alive without <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty scrappy. They'd probably figure it <laughs> out. <laughs> um, yeah. So gosh, I don't know. Favorite smell is hard for me. I don't, I, I kind of want to say just like, I don't know that I have a favorite scent, but maybe just clean laundry. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah, it's better than dirty laundry. That is very true. true. And dirty diapers, which we have a lot mm-hmm. of at our yeah. house. That would be so our least favorite smell. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Hands down. Yeah, by fair. far our least favorite smell. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go clean laundry. Very fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, my name is Emma. Um, and like Laura said, I am the other college ministry resident here at Coastal Community Church. Um, yeah, so this is our first year doing this residency. We're super excited to be the guinea pigs and just kind of try this out. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as my favorite smell, I think really just anything citrusy, like I like lemon, Mm -hmm. lime, orange, those kind of just like fresh scents, like it's a citrus candle. It's going to be gone in like a day for sure. That is a good smell. Definitely. That is a good smell. That's also very fresh. Definitely. Definitely. What about you, Laura? What's your favorite (laughs) smell? Yeah, you tell us. (laughs) My favorite smell is my pillow and no, it does not smell like my shampoo. Um, I can't really describe the smell, but... So it just, does it smell like a pillow? It smells like my pillow. Her personal <laughs> pillow. Okay. It's my safe space, my, my 
my safe space to just be me. What happens when bed. you get a new pillow? I was wondering the same thing. Well, do you lose your favorite smell? No, I think it just gains the smell. Maybe it's just the smell of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how I smell. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Everyone else smells like trash. I, don't know. I really <laughs> like comfort items, and my pillow is very comfy. That's fair. It mm-hmm. brings back like good memories. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me on the very first podcast. And um, the first episode that we do here, I just want to explain um, the purpose behind this podcast and why we're doing it what um, the vision statement means. It's kind of a mouthful to say, Um, but really quickly, I just wanted to restate the Abai podcast is um, about helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. And so there's three specific main points in that vision statement, and it's delighting, becoming, and multiplying that's all centered around Christ. And those three things are kind of a chain link. Um, they really follow one another. So you delight in Christ, and when you are naturally, genuinely delighting in Christ, it leads to becoming more like Christ. And once the Holy Spirit is really taking root in you and changing your life and changing your heart, that naturally leads to multiplying disciples of Christ as you reproduce yourself in other people. But, you know, those three aspects really can't start to develop and take root until you abide in Christ, which is why we've named this podcast Abide. So today I want to talk about just what it looks like to abide in the Lord. If you're familiar with the book of John, chapter 15 talks all about this. And the three aspects of our vision statement, delighting, becoming, and multiplying, are actually really firmly rooted in John chapter 15 as well as abiding. And so we're just going to walk through John chapter 15 and unpack what it looks like to abide in Christ, what that produces, and why it's so important. So I'm going to pass it over to Chris to kind of walk us through this chapter and give us an overview of what it looks like to abide in Christ. Yeah, for sure. So John 15, Jesus is with um, his disciples. Um, We're kind of getting towards the end of uh, really Jesus's earthly ministry. Um, He's moments away from taking the cross. Um, And really, he's just with his disciples, and he begins to build up his disciples and uh, gives his disciples some further instruction and training and insights and different things like that. Um, And one of the things that we see in John 15 is just this nature of uh, what it looks like to abide in Christ. Um, And so at the beginning of John 15, uh, Jesus tells them, he says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Um, And so Jesus will go on and unpack this even more. But essentially, Jesus starts off and he gives this analogy um, as if we are uh, connected to the Father through uh, Christ and that as we abide in him, that we bear fruit. And as he goes on, it says that we will be pruned to even bear more fruit. And so abiding in him creates fruit. Um, But then also as we continue to abide in him and as he continues to prune us in a sense of doing his sanctification work in us, we inevitably end up bearing more and more fruit. And so it's really interesting when we look at John 15, we we see this concept of uh, bearing fruit, um, which by the way, all throughout the Bible, that concept of bearing fruit is very much rooted in a sense of multiplication. And so bearing fruit is not only like sanctification of uh, I'm beginning to take on more of the aspects of the fruit of the spirit that we see, um, but also it means 
multiplication, right? You go back to the very beginning of Genesis, and uh, after God created the first human beings, he says, be fruitful and multiply, right? Noah gets off the ark, and he says the same thing, be fruitful and multiply. There's actually uh, several places throughout the Old Testament where those two commands are tightly woven together, be fruitful and multiply. And so bearing fruit, producing fruit, being fruitful seems to be connected not only with our own personal sanctification, as in the fruits of the Spirit that we begin to embody, but it also seems to be very much tightly connected to the concept of multiplication, which is really fascinating. And so what that tells us is, essentially, as we abide in Christ, we bear fruit and we multiply. We inevitably will look like Christ, become little mini Christs, and multiply that <laughs> in others. And so it all, but it all starts um, with abiding. Yeah. So... Yeah, I love that, the pruning analogy that, that we see here, because, I mean, it really is so cool to see that when we are abiding in Christ, or really just rooted in Him, that it's not something that being fruitful and multiplying something we have to figure out, but something that He's going to transform us and mold us and shape us as we're rooted in Him to be able to do more and more of that. That it's not something that we have to, like, empower ourselves or just, you know, be a good enough Christian to multiply, but, like, as we walk with him and are rooted with him, that like he will continue pruning us so that we can be more fruitful. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also good to point out that um, I did a little research on the Greek word for abide, and the Greek word that you that is used here is meno. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> Who knows, really? Um, <laughs> but it fish. <laughs> tiny <laughs> fish. It's a minnow. <laughs> um, but it means to remain. And so it's this picture of us coming to Christ and just sitting in his presence, just remaining with him and dwelling with him. And as we dwell with him, the spirit really takes root in our hearts and in our life. And he begins to change us from the inside. And it's not things that we're doing because we have to do them. Um, but we're just kind of along for the ride as, as the spirit just kind of moves in us. It's really interesting, too, you know, when you look at John 15, is it's not only are we abiding in Christ, but we see another level of the abiding happen here. Um, and really, it's it's Jesus abiding in the Father. Mm -hmm. And so what we see is we see not only how we can now abide in the love of Christ and remain in that love, dwell in that love, but at the same time, it shows us that Jesus himself abides in the Father. And so really, um, what Jesus is describing in John 15 is, in one essence, this Trinitarian kind of abiding where the Father and the Son abide in each other through the, the binding, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. But what Jesus is actually doing in John 15 is he's in inviting all of us to abide in that same relationship. And that's what's truly amazing about John 15 is, is, is we, as Jesus is inviting his disciples to abide in him, he is also simultaneously at inviting them to abide in the Trinity. And so that same love that bounds uh, or binds, not bounds, <laughs> that binds uh, the Father and the Son together um, is the same love that Jesus invites us into. Mm -hmm. And so it makes a lot of sense and from that perspective, that if we abide in that kind of love, that things will naturally multiply and bear fruit and things like that. Because when you go back once again to Genesis, we see that it is the overflow of God's love that 
creates the universe, right? It's God's overflowing love that he makes all things. God wasn't creating the universe in a sense of like, oh, I need someone to love me or I need something to rule. He wasn't just bored for eternity past and was like, man, I need something else. No, the son and the father for all of eternity past are in perfect loving harmony with one another for all of eternity past. And that love overflows in such a way where they can't help but share that love with others. The problem is in eternity past, there's no one to share it with. And so then they create human beings and all of creation so that they too can experience the love of God. And so what's, what's amazing is like the same love that spurred God on to create all things and to share that love with all things is the same love that we abide in. And when we abide in that love, Jesus says, naturally, you're going to share that love with others. It will multiply and it will bear more and more fruit. And so one of the key things that we also just need to see in here is just like the Trinitarian sense of the abiding, where, he, where, where Christ is abiding in the love of the Father, and the Father's abiding in the love of the Son, and, and it's, it's, He's inviting us into that Trinitarian sense of love and sense of abiding with Him. I think, like, just even talking about that, being, getting to experience the love of the Trinity and being, you know, connected to this source of life, like, when you are seeing and experiencing and growing in your walk with you know, the God of the universe, and you're connected to this source of life, I think it's such a natural, you know, progression to want to share that, to want to multiply yeah. when you are are really knowing more and more and delighting more and more in this love and this life that we get to experience. I think it's natural that the multiplication follows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, sh- you share with people what you love yeah. naturally. And so what Jesus is literally just telling us, he's like, abide in my love and you multiplication will happen because you will share Mm. what you love. We all, we do that all the time. When your favorite sports team wins a championship, you tell everyone, they don't have a, here's how to evangelize that we won the championship meeting. Like people just tell everybody Mm -hmm. because something that they, because you say and you share what it is that you love. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because in this, section of scripture, it also says that um, we are to bear fruit so that our fruit should abide um, in verse 16 there. And I think that's so interesting because not only does our abiding in the Lord help our sanctification process and help us delight in the Lord, but when we reproduce ourselves and others, they begin to abide in the Lord themselves as well. And so it's just this like... um, no other way to describe it besides multiplication process of like, I'm going to abide in the Lord for the sake of being able to delight in him. And then I'm going to reproduce myself in someone else and they're going to abide in the Lord and delight him in him. And then they're going to reproduce themselves in someone else. It's just this natural process. And I think that's, you know, Jesus's whole vision when he gave us the great commission of go and make disciples of all nations. And um, I think it just all is firmly rooted and starts with just individuals abiding in Christ. But I also think that abiding in Christ collectively together is also important. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. Like when we abide individually, uh, when we come together in a community, we inevitably help each other abide collectively. Um, And so, um, you know, I use this analogy a lot with our college students, but like imagine a puzzle um, oftentimes when, when I abide in the Lord, God's going to reveal himself to me in a, in a way that's unique to me, right? Um, 
because I'm uniquely made in the image of God, God shares with me his truth in a unique way. I have a unique way that I connect with the Lord. And so when I read certain passages of scripture, there's certain things that stand out to me because that's one of the ways that I just connect with God. We were talking about this yesterday. Um, Emma has been reading Ecclesiastes and has been hardcore connecting with Ecclesiastes. And one of the ways that she connects with God actually fairly often and regularly is through like poetry uh, type scripture in the Bible. And that's just a, one of the voices that God uses that for Emma is, is one of the louder voices that mm-hmm. she hears from God, you know. And so the way that Emma connects with the Lord is different than the way that the rest of us will connect with the Lord. But when we come together in a community, we bring our different puzzle pieces of how we've seen God. And so we bring our puzzle pieces. Every puzzle piece represents something that God has revealed to us. We bring them together together. In community, we put all of our puzzle pieces on the table. And what's amazing is that if I can abide individually and continue to see more of God through the lens of these little puzzle pieces of the mystery of who God is, when we come together as a community, we put all those pieces on the table, we start snapping them together, and then collectively now we see a bigger picture of who God is. And so my individual abiding in the Lord is crucial for my community to also help uh, help them abide in the Lord because what God reveals to me isn't, isn't just for me. And the same thing is true with all of us, right? Like what God reveals to any one of us is never meant for just you. It's always meant for you and others. It's always meant to be shared. And when we come in community and we share that, then collectively the community begins to see more of who Christ is. And then now more fully we abide together. Yeah. And even Jesus does this and like the kind of second half of this, he says that he everything that he has heard from the Father, he's made known to them because they're his friends. And so yeah. he mm-hmm. also goes and shares with them um, just who the Father is to his disciples. And that's exactly what we're called to do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like when it comes to disciple making, okay, which is a big part of our ministry um, and our vision behind everything really that we do is the best way to make a disciple is for you yourself to first abide in the Lord. Because as you abide in the Lord, you're naturally going to share those things with other people. And your goal as, as a disciple maker is to help other people abide in the Lord. That's your number one goal is to say, I want you to also abide in the Lord. Because if you do, I believe and am confident that you will naturally multiply and share that with other people. And so when it, even when it comes to disciple making, all, we're simply helping other people abide in Jesus and letting Jesus do the work. And that's the other thing that I, th- I see in John 15 that I think is so crucial that we cannot miss, is that the work of multiplication and fruit bearing is not a work that we do naturally, right? Mm-hmm. It is a work that Jesus does through us. Like he literally says in here, you have to be connected to me to bear fruit. Without Christ, if we are separated from the vine, without Christ, we bear no fruit. <clears throat> My voice just sounded weird right there. But without Christ, we don't bear any fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the work of Jesus through us as we abide in him and as we depend on him that leads to multiplication. And so he's doing something in us as we abide that is inevitably going to be seen through us in the lives of others as we multiply out. Yeah, when I actually think that that, you know, is a really good point, like as we disciple others and as we multiply, I think, you know, obviously it's 
the work of the spirit above everything else. But I think part of our responsibility is to help them get connected to that source of life and help them learn how to abide in Christ, that they're not just fully dependent on us, you know, for their spiritual maturity mm-hmm. and yeah. for knowing what they believe, but we have actually gotten them to where they can just abide in Christ on their own. Um, mm-hmm. And we're still there to support them and love them and answer questions, but that they can, you know, be abiding in Christ and even eventually multiplying on their own just because of that. Yeah. So now that you bring that up is just helping other people abide in Christ on their own and not necessarily being dependent on someone else to spoon feed them things. What does that look like practically for an individual who wants to abide in Christ? I mean, I think one of the biggest ways to start is just helping them understand God's word, helping Mm -hmm. them to, to be able to read it and interpret it on their own. Um, you know, every question they have, if I can just give them an answer, that's fine. But like, if I can really help them to be able to read the Bible and understand God's heart and his character and what he says about these truths, I think that that is so much better in terms of actually equipping them to follow Jesus on their own. Yeah, for sure. I would a hundred percent agree. I think it starts with the word, mm-hmm. um, most definitely. Um, I've been, I was sharing this with you guys, but I've been reading this book by a guy named Robbie Galati um, called Replicate. It's a phenomenal book, so shout out to him. You can buy it. Um, it's really good. Um, <coughs> but in his book, one of the things he talks about is in their discipleship process, they, they center it predominantly on the word of God. And in one of his chapters, he talks about why they do that. And he says that there have been studies that have shown that one, the gr- the probably the best mark for like a, a disciple maker or disciple of Jesus is just how they read the word. And the reason why that that um, that study gave that answer is because how like you read the Bible and how you delight in the Lord regularly through the lens of Scripture, he says, affects everything else. And so he's like, in our discipleship, we focus on helping them learn how to read the Bible for themselves because we very much believe that if they can learn to do that, that it'll affect their prayer life. It'll affect affect their witness. It'll affect uh, multiplication. It'll affect fellowship, family, all that kind of stuff. And so I would definitely say right from the beginning that the biggest way that we help people abide in the Lord is predominantly through the lens of Scripture. Now, we don't want to just leave them there. We want to help them develop in other aspects of life for sure. But we also want to, we also, you know, I think we believe that like as they can abide through the lens of Scripture on their own, a lot of that stuff will kind of come naturally, right? Uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, those of us with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next, right? When you see more of Jesus, you become like Jesus. The reason why we're not fully like Christ now is we haven't seen Christ fully, which is what 1 John says. When you see him face to face, you will become fully like him because you will see him fully. Um, And so, we want to help people see the Lord, and the best way to see the Lord and to abide in the Lord is through the lens of Scripture, because that's the primary way that He has chosen to reveal Himself and communicate Himself to us. Yeah, and I think really practically for 
people that are new to the Bible, it can be really intimidating. I remember the first time I like wanted to read through a book of the Bible. I was just, I had no idea where to start and I didn't know what that looked like at Song all. Song of Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, but like I, I, I was just confused. The Bible can be really intimidating if you've never gotten into it before and if you have more questions than answers. Sometimes it can be really discouraging. So I think really practically, if you're someone that's never read the, through the Bible before or if you know someone who's really kind of struggling in this, just having someone who is knowledgeable about the Bible and who has good spiritual disciplines, reading through a book with them can be super beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing how they read scripture and what tools they use. Um, I know we kind of have a method called Abide, actually, mm-hmm. um, that kind of walks through just how we would recommend you look at the Bible. But walking side by side through a book of the Bible with someone who is in um, a little bit of a higher life stage than you can just be super helpful to just learn from them, but also grow as you yourself are reading to become independent. So really encouraging them not to just read alongside you, but to read independently and then come together and talk about things I think Mm, is really huge. Yeah, I think so too. And especially because like there is, you can read the Bible wrong right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's scary, right? And yeah. that's how a lot of cults and stuff like that have been formed is because they mm-hmm. read the Bible wrong. And so you definitely want to have a mentor. And I think an, uh, someone who isn't necessarily, doesn't have to be older, but definitely more spiritually b- along the road than right. you to help guide you in that process is super helpful. Because the last thing that you want to do is get in the habit of reading the Bible wrong um, and uh, for years, and then try to help other people abide and read the Bible and teach them how to read it wrong. Because, like one of the one of the things that we see, I think, is really common when it comes to Bible reading that sh- kind of shouldn't happen is people ask, um, "What does this text mean to me?" Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> you're already off on a wrong in foot. Dangerous <laughs> waters, right there. Yeah, like like the text is never meant to be. What does this mean to me? You can ask, "How does this apply to yes. me?" That's yeah. a great question to ask. But what this means to me. You should never ask that question, right. right? It should always be, what does this text mean, right? Yeah. What is the author of this text? What is the Holy Spirit trying to convey through this text? Uh, never, what does the text mean to me? Mm-hmm. But what does the text mean? And then move on into how does the text mm-hmm. apply, which I think we're coming up in a few yeah, episodes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all of this um, in this season of the Abide podcast. We're going to go through each step I guess of yeah. the vision statement sorry I spoiled <laughs> it my bad no my it's bad. good this is this is this is free publicity for future yeah, podcasts for sure. this is and why you should listen in the future <laughs> we're also gonna go through <laughs> <laughs> what will happen next <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're also going to go through every single letter of the word abide in our abide Bible reading method yeah. um, and really just flesh out what this whole concept means and looks like. Um, but I think this has been a really great introduction to the abide podcast. And I think to um, just knowing what it looks like to abide and, and why it's so important and what this produces in people. Um, is there anything last minute thoughts that y'all have that didn't get said or expressed that you would want to talk about? I think it's really interesting. It says every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may um, produce more fruit. And then later it does talk about much fruit. And Mm so um, I haven't done like a ton of looking into this, but it seems like really the difference between fruit and more fruit at least is just pruning. So just Mm -hmm. perseverance through time with Christ, um, which I think is just a cool concept to like keep in mind that like, um, I don't know, 
another spoiler um, of sanctification, <laughs> but like we're never fully there. There's always pruning. There's always perseverance that we grow from. And that is along the time how we produce more fruit. I feel mm-hmm. like at least it's yeah, just absolutely. like a time and a patience thing as Christ continues to work in yeah. you and make you more like him. Yeah, 100%. And I think even that much fruit concept is really, I think that's where you really start seeing the multiplication aspect of it go. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, those who abide in me bear fruit. It's like, they become more like me. I'm going to prune them so they can bear more fruit, right? And so um, just like what Emma said, I'm going to begin to look even more like Christ. I'm going to uh, rev- reveal more of his nature in the world around me because he's pruning me to look more like him. But also I'm going to start even being led outwardly even more. And then when I think it says you'll bear much fruit, like I think that is not only me bearing fruit, but that's a disciple that I've mm-hmm. made bearing m- fruit, right? And then as they make disciples and they bear fruit, it's much and much and much and much and much and much and much. And so I think that's when, I think even in this context, Jesus very much shows us the kind of kind of a progression of multiplication of like, I'm going to do a great work in you that's going to lead to a great work in others, that's going to lead to a great work in others, 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 mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Um, as I was reading this, the one thing that like really stood out to me, and it's kind of further along, but um, just the fact that like, yes, abiding in God is a commandment. It's something that we are supposed to do and we should do, but it's also just such like a sweet invitation within this like command. Jesus is like calling us his friend and he's yeah. saying that mm. he chooses us. And it's just such like a loving passage within this commandment. And it's so clear that to me, at least that as we abide in him, we're just abiding in his love and he's giving us a place to rest and grow from. Um, and I just love that this is such a invitational commandment mm-hmm. of like, come and abide in me so that you can love others because I've chosen you as my friend. Um, mm-hmm. So I just love that. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's also cool to go off of that too is like, it shows that this command is very like non-burden some, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like it is a delightful command. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus isn't commanding us to do something that we're going to hate. Right. He's like, no, hang out with me, remain yeah. with mm-hmm. me, enjoy me. And like, he is the most satisfying thing right. we can ever yeah. possibly know. And so literally Jesus is like, just come and be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he's also not commanding us to do something that he hasn't been doing this whole time. Right. It's right. almost like Jesus is like showing us his secret weapon of like, <laughs> I've been so fruitful. I've abided in my father and right. like, I want yeah. you to have much fruit. So come and abide in me. Yeah. Right. I think that's really yeah. cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a huge key to the ministry of Jesus mm-hmm. is like, you know, uh, we need to make sure that we see that Jesus abides in the father constantly throughout his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, he is in the flesh, still 100% divine, but in a, in another way, he almost puts his divinity aside so that he can embrace full humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he abides in the Father daily, regularly, all the time, and that's what leads Jesus to really go do the things that he mm-hmm. that he does. Mm-hmm. And what, what Emma said makes him so incredibly fruitful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he even says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That it's the joy that we have when we abide in Christ is Christ's joy. Yeah. And so that it can be full, not just like a little bit of joy, not just like, yeah, I have joy like every now and then. Like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we have emotions, right? And they change all the time and yeah. stuff. But like when we are abiding in Christ on a daily basis, through every season of life, we will have this underlying joy in us that comes directly from God himself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, really and cool. only that kind of joy can sustain through right. every season and trial of mm-hmm. life. You know, oh, yeah. there's no other joy mm. that can do that. 
I think it's like incredibly purposeful that following this like abide Jesus is like first next thing he says is like, by the way, the world's probably going to hate you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But it also like, you know, going back to even the mission statement of this podcast, you know, like what we see is like when we abide in the Lord, we delight in the Lord, right? And that delighting in the Lord leads us to becoming more like Christ and that inevitably leads us to multiply. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is literally just saying here, delight in me, enjoy me. um, And from that, you will, you will become more like me. And then also as you become more like me, you'll do the things that I did. And the things that I did was tell the world about the love that I have for them. Mm. And so multiplication is a natural follow. Mm. And so when we when we uh, disciple our students, um, especially our student leaders, uh, we tell them, prioritize your relationship with Jesus. That is the most crucial thing, because if that relationship is healthy, it will lead to healthy relationships that multiply from there. Mm. And so, um, yeah, when it comes to disciple making, like the number one most important step is just to abide. Mm. You know, strategies are helpful. Um ministries should have strategies. They should think strategically. But if nowhere in our strategy is abide in the Lord and Mm. let him do the work that he said he will do, our strategies are not going to work great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like apart from me or apart from me, you can bear no, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, abide, abide, abide and watch God do a work that only he can do in you and a work that he can only do through you. Mm. Yeah, it's really a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for joining me for the very first episode of yeah, the Abide Podcast. Yeah, of, of, course. Course. of course. Well, that is a wrap for the very first episode of the Abide Podcast. I'm excited about what we have coming up this season. The next three episodes are going to be breaking down our vision statement into the three different parts of delighting in Christ, becoming more like Christ, and multiplying disciples of Christ. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get updates of when new ones are posted. And make sure to tune in next week as we dive into the subject of delighting in Christ. 